0: Well, good morning, everyone. I haven't seen some of you since last year. <laughs> All right, that's my uh, New Year's joke. Mark chapter 14, titled this message, Just Because I Love You. Don't you like it when someone does something out of the blue, or writes you a note or does something special to you or for you, just because they love you. Unprompted. Without any ulterior motive, they say, I just wanted to say I love you, I appreciate, I value. That means a lot to us, doesn't it? I love it when our kids kids were small, and they would just come up, and they would just show some form of affection by just giving us a hug without any prompting at all. They would just do that, and we love that. Well, today we find a story that is similar to that. It's about a lady that blesses Jesus with a gift that was both personal and sacrificial just because she loved Jesus. Love this story. Let me ask you something. Have you ever done something for God that he didn't ask you to do, but you did it just because you love Him. What do you think about that thought? I want to challenge us to consider an action for God just because we love Him. So let's look at this unique display of affection in the story, Mark chapter 14. Let's begin reading in verse 1 and read verse 2 as well. Mark chapter 14, after two days, It was a Passover and the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how that they might take him by trickery and put him to death. They They were scheming behind the scene with deceit trying to come up with some plan to put Jesus to death. And they said in verse number two, but they said not during the feast lest there be an uproar or a riot of the people. Now as we look at this, this is the context of time that is given to us by Mark chapter 14. And so we find that the time is significant as we get into the story. Because it, is, it was right before Passover. And, and during this time, Jerusalem had swelled to a population of, of something like close to maybe 2 million people. And they were expecting a Messiah... Remember the entry of coming into Jerusalem and how that they were all expecting this is going to be the delivery, it's going to set up a, a new kingdom. And they were excited about this. There was a murmur, there was, there was an, a level of excitement that was building. And at the same time, Jesus was walking towards Calvary, They were building with excitement, and he was going to a place that is going to be a very low time uh, in his life here upon the earth. Every male Jew who lived within 15 miles of Jerusalem had to come to Jerusalem for Passover. Many more came from great distance, such as Galilee, where Jesus performed many of his miracles. And as it is said in the Scripture, it was two days before the Passover lamb was sacrificed. So this event that we're getting ready to, is, getting, is, getting to, to ha- is going to happen right before the Passover. So let me explain what the Passover is if you're not familiar with the Passover. So when the children of Israel were in bondage as slaves in Egypt, God sent his prophet Moses to deliver the people and lead them to freedom. Pharaoh was a hard-hearted, anti-God, At least against the one true God. He had all kinds of gods in the kingdom. And he didn't let Israel go without a fight against God's plans. Moses came into Pharaoh and said, God said to let the people go. Pharaoh said, no way. And so ten plagues came upon Egypt. And the last one was the most severe. God said God said, each family is to take an innocent lamb that was without blemish, kill it, and take the blood from the lamb and place it above the front door and the sides of the door for covering. And later that evening, that night, the death angel came over the land and every home that had the blood covering of the lamb, the death angel passed over. Passed over. But those who didn't believe... Death came to the firstborn of the family. What a tragedy it is that to not to believe that God was going to do what he said he was going to do, not to believe in God's protection, and death came to their home as the death angel passed over. So this was a great celebration. First, it was a great celebration to think about God' deliverance. It was like their uh, Independence Day when God delivered them and, and established uh, the nation of Israel in their own country as they left Egypt. This is also a great picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is our Lamb, if we believe and come under the and under the provision of God's protection through Jesus Christ, that we will be spared eternal death, that we will be saved, we will have eternal life, because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. I want you to give. I want to give you one important note with this, and we'll move on. When the death angel passed over the house of God, God did not check. Or excuse me when the death angel passed over the house of the family god didn't check in the in the people inside the house who was worthy you see religion says you have to earn be worthy to receive god's protection none of us are worthy we're all sinners in need of mercy and grace and that the blood of jesus christ provides and when death angel flew over, God looked for those who believed his words and had placed the blood upon the doorposts. And so we see that this is right before the Passover. This is significant. Our story in Mark chapter 14 takes to place in that week, in the Passover week, and later on in the week, in a few days, Jesus Christ would be crucified and go to the grave. The first few chapters of Mark covers about 90% of public ministry. 90% 90% of the public ministry in the chapters 11 to 16, the slow way down, and it covers this final week. So I want you to understand, as we transition into this latter part of, chapter, uh, of Mark, that chapter 14 is like what uh, Idersham said, who is a Jewish commentator. Uh, he said that it is like a descent into a very deep valley of humiliation. This is what Jesus is going to, this place of humiliation. In chapter 15... The suffering, the death, the cross, we'll look at that in the next chapter. And then chapter 16 is the chapter of resurrection of Jesus Christ, that there is life after death. And we'll get into that, and that's the way Mark finishes. Humility always precedes being lifted up in God's economy. So true as with Jesus and so true in our life. So let's go to verse 3. Let's talk about this story. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon, which is outside of Jerusalem, the leper, who Jesus had healed, he said at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil, spikenard, that she broke the flask and poured it on his head. Some of the translations talk about that flask being a jar or a box. And so very costly, worth about one year of wages. And so she brings this, and she breaks the flask and pours it upon the head of Jesus. Now, who is this woman? Well, first of all, she was an essential oil woman. (laughs) She had her essential oils. But of all the essential oils, there was one oil that was very precious to her. Some believe that uh, there are times that, that they would have this as an heirloom that was handed down from generation to generation, and it would be passed down to her, and she would use some of it on special occasions, just a little bit, you know, here and a little bit there, and then, and then the remainder she would pass it on to her daughters or her granddaughters. So perhaps it was, it was precious because of the relationship that, that meant to the uh, passing down from one generation to generation. However it came, it was something that was precious to her. We find that this story is found in Matthew chapter 24 and also in John chapter 12 as well. And so there, there is uh, some, and there's some differences of, of, uh, from John chapter 12 from Mark chapter 14. But we won't go into those differences, but they can be explained one way or the other. Because uh, we believe that the Bible is written without error, that there are things that, that doesn't make sense to us, but when God's view and God's, that they are worked out. But we understand this, that, that as, as we look at this story, there is another story earlier in Jesus' life. In Luke chapter 7, a different account, when a sinful woman was brought brought an alabaster box with ointment, breaks it open, anoints the feet of Jesus. Now, I mention this because the occasion at that time was different than, the woman, than this woman because that occasion was a woman was overwhelmed with her own sense of sinfulness and adoration to her and, and the forgiveness that God had given to her. She was overwhelmed and, and she wanted to express uh, the forgiveness, and so she did this out of love and uh, appreciation of how God has forgiven, uh, uh, forgiven her of all her sins. And sometimes we're like that. We're weighted down, and, and, and we, we just want to come and, and be grateful and thankful for God because we look at our lives, and oh, how wretched we, and all the things we've done, but God is faithful, and He's great, and His mercy is greater than any grace in any sin that we could uh, commit in our life. But this woman was different. It seems that this woman focused on Jesus and Jesus alone and not on her forgiven sin. Listen, it's a great thing to love Jesus for all that he's done for us. It can be greater still to love him simply for who he is in all his wonder and majesty. The first point in your notes, to love Jesus just because of who he is. Not what he's done for us or can do for us. To love Jesus just because of who He is. I believe that this woman did this. Let's read on. Verse 4. But there were some who were indig- indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? They were furious. They were upset. And said in verse 5, for it might have been told for more than 300 denarii, which is a a year's wages, and given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. They were upset at this. Listen, to love Jesus just because comes as, at times with criticism. Well-meaning people won't get you. Why are you doing this? Why are you giving? Why are you, why are you coming to church? Are you spending so much time in that church? You're just, why are you reading your Bible? You spend a lot of time praying. Why are you doing all these things? Sometimes we just do things just because, and people don't understand, and we're doing this just because we love Jesus. We just want to do something, that, and they didn't understand it. Imagine this. The demonstration of her love for Jesus was considered a waste. Think about that. They were criticizing her for worshiping Jesus. They were criticizing her for expressing her love that meant something great to her in a way that to them seemed like it was silly or foolish or wasteful. There will be times that the people will consider your love for God a waste. But do what this lady did. You ignore them and you continue to love Jesus. However you want to love, you love Jesus just like you feel like you should love Jesus. Warren Winsby said this, and and, and Judas is in John chapter twelve. Judas is the kind of the the one that leads this this um, you know anti-giving of this perfume and breaking them. And what a waste. And Judas, as one of the lead critics of this, It's interesting that the word translated, Mark chapter 14, of the word waste is also given and applied to in a later time of Jesus, which means perdition, to Judas as well, that he was the son of perdition. Here's the thought here, that, G, that, that, uh, that Judas criticized Mary for wasting money, and he wasted his entire life. And so, we see that there was critics, and there will be critics. There will be people who won't understand your love for God, but that's okay. You go ahead and love God. So, let's go to verse 6. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me for you have the poor with you always whenever you wish and you may do them good but me you do not uh, you do not have always notice that Jesus had said has done a good work for me listen to love Jesus because he is very personal for you and for Jesus to love Jesus because it is very personal for you and for Jesus. You see, the woman gave something that was close to her heart, it was valuable, perhaps the most expensive thing that she possessed. Imagine you having something that is worth a year's wages, unless you're like Joe, don't receive a salary <laughs> last year. But if you had something that was something that it was, was, was worth a whole year's wages, now, she had thought about this. She had come in, in her mind and says, you know, I want, to, I, want to, I want to do something for Jesus. I want to bless the Lord. I want to show my love for Him. I want to, I want to do this. And, and it wasn't something that God had asked her, and maybe He moved, maybe His presence. We're not sure. But she wanted to do this for the Lord. And so she goes home. And she looks and she grabs that box, that box that was in that special place. And she grabs that box or grabs that jar, uh, that flask, and she takes it and she brings it in. And she walks in and gives it to Jesus. It was very personal to her. And Jesus recognizes, and it's very personal to him, as Somebody was loving him for who he was and what he not he necessarily could do for her. And so she came and she gave it to him. And it was very precious to him as well. And you may say, well, you know, it would seem that, you know, a year's wages, what about feeding the poor? What are this? Let me give you this statement. And then throughout the scriptures, the Bible says over 2,000 times that we're to, to, to help the, the helpless and the poor. So it's very evidence that the scriptures and God is telling us that we should demonstrate our love and care and power. But there are times. That there is something greater that comes when we can give our resources. In fact, and let me give you just one practical illustration. If I'm sitting at my table and my kids are here and I see a poor person, am I to take the food from my kids and give it to the poor? No, you wouldn't say. You'd say, you know, you need to take care of of your family first and then if you have the opportunity, then you can give to the poor. So it doesn't mean that we're to sell everything, that we're to give everything so that others, uh, uh, you know, have the Uh, The poor can have uh, uh, the means to to eat. We are to do those things. It's very clear. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 10 says, Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. There is a blessing attached to the poor. So we are to do that. Now listen here. The love for Jesus is even more important than the love for the poor. You see, that seems selfish. Why would Jesus say that? Listen, this kind of love that we're talking about, this woman, is a deep love. And you, and you take a person who has this deep love for God, they will have a love for the poor. They will have a love for This love... Of, of that we're talking about, that love's just because, not because of any selfishness or any, it will carry on in other, it will outflow to those that are needy in their lives as well. And I believe we, if we were to look at this lady's life that she would have a record of helping the poor, helping us because she has this kind of love for Jesus as he just because loved him just because. And then we think of this, the motives. The person who spoke this, Judas, in John chapter 12, he says this, and later on in the scripture in John, John chapter, he says, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now listen, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. He was a hypocrite. He was saying, and so when we t- checked the motives of the individual that were speaking, we checked their motives, they had impure motives. This woman had the purest motives of loving Jesus and what she gave. To love Jesus just because comes with a personal sacrifice. There is a sacrifice, and there's a personal sacrifice that comes. We have to give something of ourselves. Jesus said she has done what she could. She has come before hand to anoint my body for burial. And surely I say to you whenever this gospel is preached in the whole world what this woman has done will also also be told as a memorial to her. You see Jesus gave her one of the highest compliments. She had done what she could. This is all that God expects from each of us. He expects no more from us than what we can do. What you have given to God is precious to God. And really, when you think about, to the mind of the the, the uh, not the Pharisees but the uh, disciples, that perfume, which represent a year's wages, seemed very valuable. But really, when you think about the view of God. That was nothing. It's like, it's like when your kids in your home, when they would come up and they would have this little stick figure of, of a picture. There's mommy, stick figure, daddy, little kids, you know, and, and it's all scribbly and it's, you have to almost kind of really look hard to even see if it represents a, a body. And we take it. And what do we do? We are so proud. We say, Oh, thank you, honey. And we stick that on the refrigerator door or hang it in in a special spot because we appreciate, we value their thought behind that, of course. This is Jesus. Here he is. And he sees this woman, brings us. And he values. Not necessarily the gift, but the reason why it's been given. To love Jesus just because it's the purest form of love. It's pure because her love isn't from uh, her, her love wasn't from someone who told her to love Jesus by some action. Her love is expressed not to get something from Jesus, but out of simply because she loved Jesus. Spurgeon said this on this comment on this. He said, I want to read this. It says, there is a tendency within all of us to look at the story and to say, I love Jesus also. Tell me what I should do to show it. But part of the woman's great love was displayed in the fact that she came up with the ideal to express her love for Jesus in this way. If there was a command to do this, it would never be this precious. Oh, cries a brother, tell me what I could do for Jesus. Nay, my brother, I must not tell you. The better part of the whole matter will lie in the hollow ingenuity of your spirit, inventing something for him out of your own fervent soul. I love that. It's the purest form of love. To love Jesus because it is an action that ripples through eternity. We're here today and we're speaking about an event of a lady 2,000 years ago that walked in a room full of men, perhaps 15 men with the disciples and, 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 and maybe with Mary and Martha there, I don't know, or, or Martha there, and maybe it was Mary that did this, we're not sure. But there they were, some about 15 people, walks in and breaks open this perfume, pours it upon the head of Jesus, and it runs down all over his body to his feet. And we still, wherever the gospel is being preached, we're till, still telling this story. When we give things to Jesus out of love just because it lasts for eternity. Now I know God doesn't need uh, help with his memory. God needs nothing. He needs nothing from us but I could imagine maybe in a, in a sense, you know, sometimes you smell a smell and a scent, and then it re- brings you back to a moment. Perhaps in God's mind and view, that when he smells a smell of this perfume, it constantly, not that he has a memory loss, but it brings him back to that point again. It stirs that up once again of that woman who did this Uh, This one moment of act of kindness and love for him, for eternity. Let me give you a challenge for the new year. It's to get in the habit of showing our love to God with a gift that is both personal and sacrifice just because. And I put at the end of the note a little fill in the blank there. And I want you to think about this. For as we go forward in 2000 to 2020. So we think about this, and in our model, our vision for the ministry has not changed, if anything, that has intensified. And we have chosen to love God and to love people. And our love for God can be brought to a deeper level if we love God just because. You know, sometimes we love God just, just because you know he, 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 I know he'll bless me and I know he'll do this for me and, and he's forgiven me and all these things. But what about a love that goes deeper that, that if you take away those things, if you take away my health, if you take away my things, if you take away the goodness of the circumstances of the blessings of my life, will I still love God? This lady had, I believe, such a love that just because I'm going to love you You know, I think God is like that to us. He loves us, as the Bible says, he loved us first before we loved him. There was nothing that we were doing for him or giving him, and and he loved us despite of who we are and where we are, even though there was the absence of any performance, of any good thing that we could do for him. He still chose to love you and I. This is the kind of love that God has for us. He loves us just because. of not what we could do for him. He loved us first. And as a child of God, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Whether you're a top-shelf follower of Jesus Christ, a follower of God, or you're a bottom-shelf lover, a uh, follower of Jesus Christ, God still loves you, and he loves you the same. Whether you're the top-shelf or the bottom-shelf, he loves you. Just because of who you are. I think of this. Freddie Mercury of the Queens. Great rock singer. Had everything in life. But it said at the end of his life, there's a quote about him that no one loved him just because of Freddie. He had everything. But people with ulterior motive were constantly being his friends. And when, the, when those things dried up or were those unavailable, they walked away from him. No one loved him. And he felt unloved as he passed on into eternity. You know, as I think about this picture, it's right before Passover, and Jesus has his mind that he's going to the cross in the next few days. He's going to be suffering and knowing that all those are going to betray him. And he goes there. And it seems like he's walking along. They have imagination of this is going to be a great time. A kingdom and a government. new government. We're going to get out of the Roman oppression. And this, some things are going to be changing this year. And, and they were looking at this. And yet Jesus was walking along. He knew that wasn't going to happen at this time. And he knew what was before him. And they missed it. But then walks this woman and she's carrying this jar and she has nothing to say and she walks over she looks at Jesus she breaks it open and pours it upon his head and runs over all his body and down to his feet and Jesus knows what she's doing and she knew what she was doing she was preparing Jesus for his death I think that meant a lot to Jesus at that moment the value and appreciation of that moment and everybody else missed it but Jesus got it and she got it would you bow your heads in prayer every head bow and every close My challenge for you today, we start beginning of 2020. is to love Jesus and love God more than just because of what he can do for you. How about let's do an action in 2020 that we do out of pureness, of just because we love God. I'm not saying you have to go and get that fancy essential oil and you new know, that that isn't what I'm talking about. I I could suggest some things. What is it that you have that's personal? What is it that is close to your heart? Maybe you have a great talent and a great gift Maybe you, you can write. Have you ever wrote a letter to God? And, and, and all this is, is not asking God for anything, but just giving him love, praise, and add, just have that pureness as this lady came and gave that precious ointment, to, over, uh, broke it over the Lord's head. Maybe it's a talent that you have. Maybe you could write a song just for God. Maybe you just dedicate an hour just thinking and praising God and loving on God. Maybe you could draw something. Just do something just as an act that pure is just because, God, I'm doing this just because I love you. What is personal and close to your heart? And you could give to God without others knowing just between you and him. My friend, if you're here today. And you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and your life. And he's asking you right now. And he's loving you before you loved him. The greatest thing that you could give to Jesus, gift to God, would be your heart, your life. How about it? Take in this. That would be the most precious thing that you could give to God. It's the one thing that he asks us to give our hearts to him. Because that's why he died on the cross for you. He suffered. You say, well, how do I do that, Pastor? Simply this. Right now in your heart, confess, I'm a sinner. I've broken God's commandments and I need a Savior. And I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He paid the penalty for my brokenness. And I ask Him to come into my heart and my life. Father, I pray for any heart that just prayed that prayer. Just ask Jesus, God, help them in their growth with you. May they come and identify with Jesus Christ and share what God has done in their life and speak boldly of who he is and how much they love God. I pray for us as believers, Lord, take our love deeper in 2020 than it's ever been before. Help us to be motivated by loving you, not out of selfishness and what a personal gain, but truly, truly, God, to love you for who you are and what you mean to us. Father, I pray for that. God, may this be a time of just a revival of, of our love for you. And we know that that revival will spread into other parts, and how we love you, we, we, can, we will love others. We ask your blessings upon us in 2020, Lord, make this the greatest year ever of this ministry, of our hearts and our family, for Jesus Christ. Amen.